Hey, welcome back to the Zeitgeist podcast. Today we have part two of our interview with Pete Barron. Uh, in part two, Pete and I talked about topics we'd like to see in our formal education, the ways we think our education systems are failing and not failing, and why we share our thoughts and ideas online despite the risk of making a fool of ourselves. So uh, thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Yeah, we were talking about this last week. Uh, there are so many important life lessons uh, that just aren't taught in school. You know, you talk about body language, listening, writing, reading, um, you know, all these simple things that are actually very hard to do. And if people learn those things, we would just have so many, so much better relationships, but more well-grounded people. Um, just, I think it would just be exponential improvement for the world if people learn those things. Let's double down on that because I, I think that's actually a really positive shift we're headed towards right now, this sort of decentralized education where experts are, are teaching things. Uh, mm -hmm. Like Shift 30 for 30 is a great example. This is a writing course I just took and they teach you about writing on the internet, specifically writing about the, on the internet, like a very uh, specific uh, skill set. But where do I want to go with this is, what does Pete University look like? Like, <laughs> tell me, what are the... What skills would you have each college freshman if we're trying to create a new education system? Because I think it's, and this is a lot of work you're doing, right? With uh, Glenn, what's his last name? Yopis. Glenn Yopis' uh, yes. podcast, right? The, the Future of Education. Mm -hmm. Like, tell me, like, what are some must-haves that, that we're, we're failing? Like, the current education system is failing. It's really clear to me. Yeah. Like you said, there's just these, these foundational skills are not being taught. And what do you feel like are some that are really lacking that we need? Yeah, I'm glad you, you asked this question. Um, education is something I've been thinking about for a while. Um, and a lot is because the schools are becoming so oriented towards vocational jobs and, and the skills you need, these technical skills. But there are these underlying skills that make you good at every job that need to just be a base for, for what you're doing. Um, and I, when I'm talking with Glenn Yopis, we're talking about personalized education. So I do believe everyone's education should be a little bit different. You know, we shouldn't have, we shouldn't, everyone shouldn't be on the same track. Um, but at the same time, standards are important in some ways because there are certain things that everybody needs to learn, like listening skills and, and things like that. Um, but what I would have, if I was in charge of the curriculum of a school, uh, I would have every freshman, the first class every freshman takes would be philosophy as a way of life. Um, because that class for me was transformational because I was exposed to the ideas of Stoicism, Epicureanism, and a few other philosophies, not in a way that was just historical, but in a way that the professor challenged us, do you agree with this idea? Will you impl implement this in your life? Um, and we actually had a project where we had to live three days as a, a Stoic or an Epicurean. Yeah, I read that blog. That was a good one. Yes, yeah, so, so I, I did Epicureanism. Um, and living like that was like, you know, going full in for three days was really cool because even though I don't, I'm not living full as an Epicurean now, there are still things that I did in those three days that I do in my life. So I think that's an extremely important for freshmen coming in to, to learn about because college is a very stressful, very new time. Um, and if you don't have the tools to handle that, you don't have the tools to navigate that, it becomes exponentially more stressful. So I think that's, that's one big thing, but I think just in general philosophy core um, would be important. I think a philosophy minor, everyone should have philosophy because philosophy is not just sort of spiritual growth, but it also trains your critical thinking skills. It makes you listen to other perspectives. 
it trains your writing skills. You have to write a lot in philosophy. And then of course you have to read a lot in philosophy. Um, and then I'll just mention one other class that I think everyone should take um, is if you're gonna to go to college, you need to take a philosophy of education class and understand why you're going to college. Because a lot of people go to college because it's the next step um, and they don't understand why they're there. And like, you, you need to know why am I, like you, today we're in an era where you can learn anything online. You know, why are you in college? What's the point of this? And you have to figure that out. And philosophy of education makes you sit with that question and figure out what is education for? What do I want to get out of this education? And every important question after that um, regarding education, I think those two classes are basically essential for every student. If you want to have the skills to succeed in this world, but also have just the tools to navigate the complexities of life. Man, you had so many good points in there. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is why college? I, I I have a LinkedIn post in the pipeline with this exact question. That's I would have forced my 17 year old self to sit down and say, why are you going to college? What is your dream outcome? What is your nightmare outcome? And is there any other alternative that could get you there? Like you said, all the information is on the internet, but I mean, I think there is a place for college. I'm super grateful for it. I'm super grateful that I had the opportunity. It was awesome, like really fun, learned a lot, great professors. But at the same time, I went into it blind and intentions are so important, so powerful. And I think way too many kids, especially of our background, just like go to college as the default. It's just the move. And there's this blindness and that's, yeah, I think that's a shame. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I'm a big advocate of, of going to college because I think college, yes, everything's on the internet, but college is supposed to facilitate your process of growth. And I think the problem when people don't think about why you're coming to college is because they ended up, go, they end up going through the motions. They mm -hmm. say, okay, I'm going to go become a business undecided major. I'm going to go to business school. I'm going to you know, choose something and then do that. And they're never open to switching or to doing something new or exploring some area or, or whatever it is. And that's really a waste of potential in my opinion, because the best thing I've gotten from, from college is this support network of professors who have facilitated my growth process. I've had the chance to meet with so many professors because I go to a small school and just in office hours, you know, to talk to them about what I was thinking about, not about even not about tests or anything, but just about the material we were learning and just have a discussion about it. And then I would get book recommendations and I would read those books. And by reading those books, I would read other books and then I would write something. And then, you know, that led to a book. And next thing you know, I feel like I've become so much smarter and so much wiser because I went to college, not because it necessarily because of the content, but because of the process that was set in motion by being in that environment. And also just from a personal perspective, I've grown up in college and, you know, I've become, I believe I've become a man in college, whereas when I came in, you know, I was, I didn't really know anything, but now I'm much more confident in myself. I, I know how to live by myself. And I think what colleges need to do is start kind of selling that. It's not just the, what you're going to get knowledge-wise, but it's this experience of being there and tell us how you're going to give us the support system so we're going to grow as people. Um, and I think that needs to be really kind of the new selling point for universities and colleges. Yeah, I mean, and it is what they have to offer. When I think about Wilbur's College, the same for me, like the, mm -hmm. the professors that, that encourage you, let you follow your curiosity. It's great. And it's it's sort of like you said, this incubation, like you come in a boy, you leave a man. It's, 
right it's it's a beautiful time and yeah like this this just idea of mentorship i think is huge you you have access to people that know something you don't mm -hmm. it's it's also the other students it's not just mm. the professors i think being in the classroom especially you know because i'm a sociology major uh well i was a sociologist now i have my own inter interdisciplinary major um but as a so in the sociology classes even though my school isn't uh that diverse i was in the most diverse classes because that's just where the that's where the diversity was was in those classes and being in classrooms like that um helped me understand other perspectives so much better than i would learned in high school where i went to predominantly white high school and everybody was in the same socioeconomic background um, and was really the same perspective over and over again but by being in i've learned so much from my peers even outside of class just just talking to people understanding where people are coming from that's huge so i think that's another thing colleges can think about when we talk about dei um, or anything about diversity if this we're trying to create an environment where growth is possible and growth is only possible if you're challenging the norm and by creating a, a, a school with all this diversity norms are going to be challenged all over the place and you're going to have such a like a dynamism of growth in, in that environment would you agree the big point is diversity of ideas mm -hmm. yes but I, I think diversity of ideas and diversity of ethnicity and um and race almost go hand in hand it's not not always you know of course you're gonna you could find people of two completely different races and ethnicities that have the same ideas but having different cultural experiences different economic backgrounds um, is going to produce different ideas but we want to create you're right we want to create spaces where diversity of ideas and they call it an idea lab instead of an echo chamber you know you, you mm -hmm. want a place where ideas are what's important not your ideologies being confirmed yeah i like that i think that's really important and, and it's rarer to get nowadays yeah it is it's very rare especially with with you know we're talking about the good uh, side of the internet and social media but the bad side of internet and social media is you could get siloed into these echo chambers um, where you start losing perspective um, and you can't empathize with other people um, and i think that's a really bad thing especially for growth because you can't grow in one lane you have to yeah, expand you be being challenged yeah have, mm -hmm. have to be exactly. good ideas so dude um what's next for you I'm not sure. There's a lot of things I'm working on. Yeah. Um, I'm part of the Humanities Institute at Fairfield. And in that, I get to uh, work on a project with a professor, a research project. And I'm going to be exploring philosophy and uh, conflict resolution, how we could maybe bring compassion and, and peace, uh, those peaceful, compassion and peaceful philosophies into conflict resolution, how we solve things practically. Um, so that's going to be something I'm working on for the next year. I'm also applying to get a Fulbright scholarship, so hopefully I'll yeah. get that to get to study. Um, but, and I'm still, of course, you know, working with my book, trying to, to market my book. Um, but I'm really kind of open to, to where things are going to go. I'm just trying to keep reading and, and keep studying and, and see where life takes me. It's huge. I, I love this just this confidence and self that you have. It's like you you know, like okay, I'm I'm just building my uh, knowledge capital, my my capacity, and I, I believe things start to take care of themselves. That's what I've witnessed so yeah. far. Yeah, I completely agree. Because I, I think just looking back on my life, the books that I've read just on a whim kind of because a professor recommended them, how I've been able to quote them in another conversation and by doing that, someone like it leads to something else. 
um, you never know what's going to be useful in the future. And that's why I try to remain open and say yes. I wrote a blog about saying yes to things. Um, but saying yes to as much as you can without going, you know, too far and kind of max, maxing out your broadband. Yeah. Um, saying yes to, to most things, um, I think, is a really good way to live life because it just leads to all these opportunities you never knew that you would have had. And I also want to build on this, like, another step with this building your own knowledge capital is sharing it. And, and it's scary mm -hmm. because put like you have with your blog and your book, putting yourself out there is, you know, the, the, I think it's the Australians, they have a saying, the tall poppy gets cut. Don't stick your neck out, right? It's dangerous. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but you also invite all the serendipity to your life. Like I can't even explain how valuable it has putting my ideas into Twitter and LinkedIn and YouTube and, and how that's just become a magnet for connections with like-minded people and, or also people to challenge the ideas. Uh, so I'd, yeah. I'd love to see I mean, content from you. It, it led to a connection with, you know, a reconnection with us. Um, and I think that's, that's really the power of social media at its best is that you could connect with people who you don't know or who you knew and you lost contact with um, who are now on the same page as you. And I think by putting yourself out there, of course, it's going to be, you're taking a risk. You're also doing yourself a favor because you're attracting the type of people and the type of energy that you want in your life. And when we, when we talk about practicing stoicism, like if you, you're, you're able to separate, like if someone attacks your ideas, but you can say, okay, they're attacking my idea. Let me, let me look at that objectively. Why are they, do they have a good point? Uh, like that's such a better way to look at it. And then, oh, fight back, fight back. Like the people I want to deal with, they prefer the truth, finding out the truth to being right. And I think that is, that is a foundation that is not often in place. Yeah. I had to, I had a hard time developing that habit too. Like I'm not trying to pretend like I've been perfect either. Like our ideas, we, we get really attached to them and it's, it's challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with you. And I, you know, I still struggle with that. Um, my dad was always my, my personal editor when I was writing my book and the back and forth we had, I would say, no, you're wrong. You're definitely wrong. And we'd you know, be yelling at each other. And then I'd be like, okay, maybe you're right about this. Um, and you would see, you know, when you write a lot, you recognize that editing is, is writing and you have to keep re-editing and re-editing. Um, and, you know, I read this book, uh, The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt, or Haidt, I think says his last name. Um, but one of the things he says is that the mind operates much more like a press secretary than a scientist. It's more interested in defending your, your beliefs than it is in uh, finding the truth. And I think that's another thing that you know, education uh, could help on. But even if you're out of college, just start reading a lot, start reading different things. And you'll recognize that things that you didn't necessarily agree with when it was first introduced by the author, now you agree with them um, because they were able to make good points. Um, and reading is kind of a very non-aggressive way, non-confrontational way to, to recognize that you don't have all the answers, that you're not always right. Um, and that it's actually a really good thing to be wrong sometimes because then you could become right more often. Yeah, and, and something you just reminded me of too, another connection we've had over the past year or so, year, year and a half, is meditation. And I mm -hmm. think one of the big benefits of meditation is like you just start to witness as opposed to being ran, like being driven by the, I'm not putting this well into words, but just like the, the experience of objectively watching your thoughts and understanding like, okay, this is not really rational. And it's, I'm yeah. not really in control is, is a huge reframe and very helpful. 
Yeah, I'm happy you brought up uh, meditation um, because I think meditation connects a lot to what we were talking about earlier with growth because I've learned a lot. I've been doing transcendental meditation now for only a few weeks, maybe a little over a month, um, but I was meditating, doing mindfulness meditation for a year. Um, but just in a few weeks of transcendental meditation, I've learned that we're really bad at knowing what we want. You know, like really bad at knowing what we want to think about and your mind and your body knows much better than you do. And things just kind of happen in, in TM where you start thinking about things you didn't know you cared about. You start having images that are irrational. You didn't even know what you're to think about. And you also like, take a sudden deep breath. You didn't even know you, you needed a deep breath. Um, and that kind of reminds me to stop chasing happiness, stop chasing goals, but instead do things that you're interested in and let the, the goals, the happiness, the wealth, let that come to you. Um, because that's, that's what I've learned from, from TM is that if you just let go and stop resisting, just go with the flow of life, then things come to you and you have the best experience. I agree with this, this stop resisting. A huge mistake I made was trying a career that didn't fit my skills at all. I wanted to be an investment banker. Why? Uh, like you, I'm from Long Island, right? What's the high status job? It's banker, it's lawyer. Mm -hmm. And um, that's fair. Like if people want to do these jobs, that's, it might be a good option. But for me, it was never a good option. I'm not good at math. Yeah. I have a low stress tolerance. I can't work long hours. I can, but like, it's just not you me. Yeah. Yeah. And then once I, I like finally accepted that and I was like, okay, I'll try something else. Let me, let me go try German. And then I got such better results once I just stopped trying to put a, a round peg in a square hole. You know? Yep. Exactly. And it go, all those, like that's Taoism right there. Follow your nature. You know, that, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And just think about right now, you know, we were talking earlier about Jesus with the, the rich man in, in heaven. Um, and I said, that was the good life. You know, all the money you would have made in investment banking. Is it, would it have been worth it knowing that that's not you and that's not what you want to do? Not, right? not for a that, second. No, I, I would have been depressed. Second. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, that's what I believe, you know, Jesus meant is that it's just distraction. You're chasing the money. You're chasing the status. It's distraction. What you need to do is follow your nature. And that's the good life. You found, you found like, okay, that's not who I am. I, you know, I'm, I want to learn German. That's what I want to do right now. I want to go to Germany. I'm going to live in Germany for two years. You know, that, that's what you want to do. And now you're experiencing so, so much greater happiness, greater peace with your life because you followed your nature. And that's, isn't, it's an easy thing to do, but it's also a very hard thing to do because you have to get rid of all these beliefs that have been, you've been indoctrinated with that you have to do something for status. Um, and instead you just have to do the easy thing, which is follow your nature, which you already know what it is. You know what it, you know, you have it. Yeah, it's easy and it's hard. Like you said, it's mm -hmm. easy once you get the ball rolling and you find out you get better results, but it's really hard to make that leap of faith at first. Yeah. Like to because it's it's them. against it's against everything we've learned. You know, <laughs> we've learned that there's a certain way to live life and that we're all supposed to go that way, but that's not how it is. And Epictetus says this in his discourse. It's like one of the reasons philosophers should leave their homeland is because like you get caught up and then people say, hey, look at so-and-so trying to become a philosopher. Ha <laughs> ha. And it's, it's tough. And that's why I'm so grateful for this, for going to Germany. It, it, and, and Europe, it gave me this space where like I stopped playing those games and I just took a break. And that's why I really hope you get this Fulbright. If not, I mean, I know you're, going down a great path anyway but it's been so valuable to just check out 
and and mm -hmm. that's helped me become even though like i'm here experiencing this other place it's helped me look inside a lot in a way that i wasn't able to at home yeah and, and i think even for, you know just for the general person you know the, the general audience right here like you could experience to a lesser extent um that feeling of checking out by reading things from other cultures and by, and by reading things that just challenge your point of view um, and by TM, you know, there's, there's all these ways to check out, but finding the way that you check out and finding the way that you can start challenging these conventional beliefs um, so you could kind of facilitate this process to find your own nature is extremely important. It might be the most important thing um, because yeah. that's really, that's where everything starts, you know, only by be following my nature as, as someone who is interested in these social issues was i able to go down this path i was going to go to school to play basketball and then become a sports management major <laughs> like that's so different from what i'm doing now and i'm sure like you know at the time sure sports were cool to me but i never yeah but i i was never as passionate about sports management as i am about what i'm doing now and finding my nature what i you know that i care about about this philosophy about thinking like this and then going down that path has been the best decision i've ever made I totally agree. Just, yeah, it's it's the path of least resistance in the, the day. But, it is. But so, I think this is also like a principle that happens time and time again. Like, uh, you like say you're you're fixing your jump shot in basketball, you'd have to take a step back to be able to eventually take a step forward. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really a, another. Taoist principle, I can't bring it up, but one <laughs> thing they say in Taoism, it's the paradox of um, receiving by letting go. And a lot of things seem very paradoxical. That's like, oh, well, you know, I've got, I have to break down my shot. I have to redo everything. That means I'm going to shoot worse in the short term. But really, in the long term, that's the best thing for you to do. So by letting go of, of our conventional beliefs that seem like the safe route, we actually find that it was a safer route to just follow our nature, even though it seems so risky, it seems so scary. That's really the safe route because the other route is much more dangerous. If you go down this path, that's not in your nature. And you find out 25 years later that you're depressed. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. You don't know how to, you know, I wasted all this time. Now you're having like a crisis. <laughs> it's like, it really would have been easy. It would have been the path of least resistance to, to just follow your nature. It's, it's the safer path. Yeah. Pete, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Uh, and I don't want the listener to, to think of this as a benchmark because I'm sure this is, is going to be impressive, but talking about like goals, I know you said you're, you're mostly looking to, you know, let things take their shape and, and take the path, path of least resistance. But I've been introduced to this idea of, of psycho-cybernetics. It's this new book I've been reading. It's, it's quite interesting, really fascinating. And long story short, like, it recommends being dead clear with your goals. And Ray Dalio also says the same, have clear goals, because the idea is that if you have clear goals, then your 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 like success compass or whatever, like your your nervous system will essentially lead you towards those goals, your subconscious mind. And from everything I've done with affirmations and just getting results in the last two to three years that I thought were previously way impossible, like the fact that I learned German, like I thought that was impossible. Yeah. And so I want to just ask, like, looking out five years from now, because it's long enough, but not too long, what would be, like, some things you'd like to have on your belt? Mm -hmm. Well, first, I want to clarify that 
having goals and being open are not mutually exclusive um, because you could, you actually should have goals while you're open to things because if you don't have goals, you're not growing. Um, but the only thing it means is that if you get halfway to one goal and realize that you care about another goal more, you're okay with switching paths. Mm, um, okay. But I think, so for myself, you know, my goal right now is to become a public interest attorney um, because I feel like I can make the most change in that, in that avenue, systemic change in that avenue. Um, so I would say specific goals, I would love to get the Fulbright scholarship to go study in, in Grenada was where I want to go. Um, and you know, that way I think would be great just personally for me to experience abroad. And then after that, I would love to go to one of the top law schools um, and just so I could be around people uh, who are really just really, really smart people um, and who are interested in, in things and who are, who are reading a lot because um, I think that would help me grow a lot. And it would also just give me the academic base to go into a career as a public interest lawyer. Um, so that's really where I'm looking right now is, is to go down that um, field. I mean, when I say being open to things, there's so many different ways that you could impact change in this country. And I might figure out in my second year of law school that going down to Capitol Hill and, and working in some political aspect might be the way for me. Or I might find out that I want to become a judge and not a political uh, or not a politics or, or a litigator. Um, and then I would take a different route. But I think those are the, the those benchmarks, Fulbrighter and law school would be my dream <laughs> next five years. Great. Yeah, I think that's attainable for you. That's that's some good specific, and I, I like how you describe the openness of the other. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe Capitol Hill, maybe Judge. Yeah, and I, I think if your goal is change, I think one of the best ways is just becoming a better communicator. What you're doing, and fantastic. Like, like you're, you, I see you getting on stages, <laughs> writing books. So keep that up because thank you. <laughs> that's huge. That's really really good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I think um, like being open to where life goes and, and like I said, and the goals like really do go hand in hand because as, as I'm applying to Fulbright, I'm also applying to the Marshall Scholarship, um, you know, which is a different. That's a completely different path than Fulbright because that would give me two masters in two years. Um, and that's that's a very hard you know scholarship to get. Um, but those could be on two completely different paths. One, I would be going to a Caribbean island. One, I would be going to to England. Um, and but being being not so set, saying I have to do this one thing, kind of gives me the the options to to go anywhere. Um, and it just makes it much easier to go through life than saying if I don't get this, it's over. It's like okay, well, maybe I, I won't get Marshall, but I'll get Fulbright, or I won't get Fulbright and I'll get Marshall, um, or I won't get either and I'll go straight to law school. And you know, it's it's fine. Um, you know, I really learned this lesson when my study abroad got canceled to New Zealand. Um, and I, I told you about this, I think, last week. So I was so excited to study abroad because of this idea of traveling and getting this new perspective. Mm -hmm. um, but when that got canceled and I had to stay at school another year, um, like just like if it would happen if I didn't go get Fulbrighter, if I didn't get Marshall and I have to go to law school, that might be the best path for me because you now staying at school this extra semester, I, found like a best friend at school. Um, yeah. It was the really the best semester of my college career. I can't imagine if I missed that. And I was where I was that first semester with, you know, good friends, but not like best friends. Um, so, you know, that would, I would, looking back, I don't even want to go to New Zealand, you know, for that semester. So I don't regret you know, it at all. Yeah, when you mentioned that the first time, I, I don't know if I mentioned it, but the same thing happened to me. I was planning on doing another semester in Germany and then COVID came, of course. That was 
literally one of the best things that ever happened to me. Like I went down just an absolute rabbit hole of personal development and YouTube, and then, which led to me reading books. And I hadn't been yeah. reading books before that. So yeah, it's this, it, it also comes back to like what's in our control. And you know, when things outside of our control happen, you can mope or you can. Yeah, and it's just, path. you know, I'm not the, I don't say that everything happens for a reason, um, but I do <laughs> like to think uh, the, the way the Stoics think was that there's only one way that things could happen. Um, the Stoics say that there's a logic to the universe and everything's cause and effect. And because of the things before it, it had to happen this way. Um, so when something like I study abroad get, getting canceled happens to me, um, I try to think of it as, okay, it had to happen this way. Let's see what happens. And I'm, you know, hopefully it works itself out. And when you have that attitude and you're open to things because of that attitude, you, things do work out because you don't, you're not down on yourself. You're not saying, oh, this could have been different. Um, you're not trying to, you just, you're open and, and, and things work out, work themselves out. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I want to, I want to kind of change directions really quick, just because this is actually, I got curious. I'm, you're in New York City right now, right? I am, yes. What is Friday, you know, I know we're coming to an end here. What is Friday evening or Friday afternoon in New York City like? That's a lifestyle I've never, I've never experienced. What are you going to do today? It's, it, it's really fun. I, it, there's so much to do in New York City. It's actually my friend's birthday tonight. So um, him and a couple other friends are coming up. So we're going to go out to uh, a bar tonight. Um, but New York it, it is really fun. Uh, just because, so I'll tell you, like even on Wednesday, uh, me and my brother and one other friend just went out to some absinthe bar in lower uh, the lower east side just to try it um and we get there and there was a concert at at this place it was this big like you know rock cover band it was super fun uh before that we stopped in some like thrift store t-shirt shop it was awesome it was just like a really cool experience for a wednesday night that you really don't get anywhere else so new york is an awesome place to be especially when you're young because there's just so many experiences that you wouldn't even plan on doing that just kind of happened like you know we were going just to try absinthe and next thing you know we're at a rock concert and it was one of the most fun things that i've done all summer so far just because just the vibes were awesome yeah um, and that's really what new york is yeah and that's like this idea of like um are we lucky or do we create luck? like going to new york city you just become luckier because that's that's yeah. also why i decided to spend my second year in germany in hamburg because it's also an international big city it's like you just mm -hmm. get luckier you have more chances for serendipity so Cool yeah, here. putting yourself in, in in those in situations, um, like like being in New York or being in Hamburg, like you just you're, you're you hit it on the nail on the head. You increase your chances for luck. You just, it just there's just more opportunities out there that you wouldn't get if you're in another place. That's awesome, man. I hope you enjoy it. Are you there this summer or? Uh, I'm so I'm here just for the summer. I go home basically um, once a weekend. So I I work Monday through Friday. I'm remote on Fridays and Mondays. Um, so I try to stay probably Friday just because I'm here nice. and go home Saturday, come back Monday. Cool. I'll be on I'll be on Long Island starting July. So we might have to connect. Yeah, we definitely. <laughs> cool, man. So where can people find you, Pete? So you could find uh, me on Instagram, my professional Instagram at uh, Peter underscore S underscore Baron. Right, um, in the show notes too. And you could also find me on my website. It's actually, oh, it's not Peter underscore. It's Peter dot S dot Baron. Uh, right. So Peter. No final uh, link. Um, and then you could go to my website, which is uh, if only we knew book.com, which is where you could check out my book. Uh, or you could go to my blog website, which is ponderingwithpete.com. 
honoringwithpete.com. Love it. Pete's got some great blogs. Uh, uh, it's been a pleasure to watch you grow as a writer. Thank you. Anything else you want to leave the listener with at home? Uh, last closing remarks, any, anything before you go? Yeah, I think that the last thing, which I think I mentioned earlier, um, but just to kind of bring everything together, we're talking about growth, we're talking about philosophy, um, is just don't view your life as a story. Instead, because if you view your life as a story, you're going to try to write it and you're going to try to write it to the end. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how our story is going to end. And it's much better just to live our life in the present than try to figure out some aesthetics of existence, I like to say, where you try to make your life beautiful, make this beautiful story. Instead, just live in the moment and the story will write itself. But don't, mm. don't try to make your own story. Just, just be open to things, go with the flow, um, and don't have a set written down path for yourself. Yeah, there's always this tension between planning and accepting the present moment, accepting the opportunities. Yeah, and the challenge is to find harmony between the two of them. So that's why I leave the, the, the listener with. Love it, man. Hey, thanks for coming on, Pete. Thanks for having me, Connor. All right. Peace.